This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Reclaiming Families. We're still really excited about the launch of this ministry. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're super thankful for all of the feedback that you all have given us. We're thankful for um, the listens to the podcast, the searches on the website, the likes on Instagram. Yeah, we want we want more. We, we want, can get them. We're if we're honest, we're not great social media people. But we're getting good. We're I mean, I don't know if we're getting good, but Russ Moore liked one of our oh, posts. God. Oh, that's might be the highlight of my week. Yeah. The thing is though that we did tag him in the post that he liked, but, but he, he did, did like, like it. And he, we did we did post his book. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he did like it. But he did like it. Yeah. So if you haven't already, then you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can check out our website, reclaimingfamilies.org. Search around there. Um we would love to, to have you on it. Absolutely. So today we want to continue this talk about complementarianism. Good job. Right? Good job. That's yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a three part series going. Yeah. So today we want to dive into this idea of male headship. Ooh. And so, you know, the idea of male headship, really, this is where the culture really does not like the idea of male headship well the only reason that the like society doesn't like male headship is because if men are heads then it means that women are not the head. <laughs> yeah that's right and so uh so yeah in a world where everybody is trying to be just comp- i mean we talked about it last week is men and women are equal in value and dignity right. but different in roles yeah but the world is trying to make men and women just interchangeable and it is insane. Just some of the insane things that, uh, yeah, we're not going to go into it. We're not going to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you can look at the news. You can look at, I was know, wondering where he was about to go with I it. Was I was thinking about like, the, the prison system in California right now. Uh, They're trying to make it so that yeah. you can say you're a man or a woman. They'll put you wherever you say. And so men are being put with women. And, you know, it's a disaster. I mean, we're never going to probably hear about the disaster that it is, but... But it's a disaster. You can look it up if you want to, you know, your blood yeah. blood pressure to boil. But the it really comes down to today's society is attacking masculinity. It's attacking femininity, but we'll talk about that next week. But, I mean, I think we would say that it's attacking masculinity. Yeah, and they, we, they throw out this, this term, toxic masculinity. And uh, we just completely just reject that. You know, there is no such thing as toxic masculinity. And I think you're right that there's no such thing as toxic masculinity, but I do think it's important to take note. That's right. Yeah, now, wait a minute now, Randy. Are you saying there's no such thing as toxic masculinity? That term came for a reason. Because that term came because men were actually not being masculine. That's right. Because if you think about it, it's like toxic masculinity. What do people actually mean when they say that? It's like, you know, the objectification of women, the sexual assault that's going crazy, you know, bullying, uh, homophobia, like 
I mean, I could give like a stereotype, but yeah. the list goes on and on and on. Right. And what it really comes down to is it's not masculinity. But because men have not been masculine, then it's been coined this term of toxic masculinity. Right, right, right. And it gives a, you know, the connotation that masculinity is bad when masculinity is good, but we need to rightly, rightly understand what masculinity is. And, you know, one of my favorite pictures of masculinity is the Titanic. I knew you were going to say that. Did you? Yeah. And so <laughs> there was that story is on a different podcast today. It was on the Harry Reader. He brought um, it back up. But yeah. Randy so, loved this story before even that's right, Harry that's right. Reader. I got it from uh, D.A. Carson in one of his books. And, uh, and so. But basically, the Titanic went down like this. Um, the boat hit an iceberg. It began to sink. Not a single man tried to get on a lifeboat. Not one single man wanted to uh, put a life vest on over a woman. And now you got to think about it. There were wealthy men. There were poor men. There were wealthy women. There were poor women. Mm. Not one wealthy man tried to save his life over one poor woman. It's crazy. It is crazy. And so Because if you were to watch the Titanic movie, which for some reason I loved as a kid. Yeah, you, you they in the movie they made it so that it looked like men were trying to get on the lifeboats ahead of women, but in reality that was a lie. And then they asked the producer, "Why did you do that? Why did you make it seem like the men wanted to get on the lifeboats ahead of the women?" And the producer said, because nobody would have believed it. Is that not crazy? They're like, so. nobody, that that is where society has come. I don't remember what year the Titanic. I've got no idea. Was a th- like when that was, it was a long, it was April 12th because that was my birthday, but that's beside the point. Right. I don't know the year, but society has come so far to where it was unthinkable for a man to get on a lifeboat before a woman or child. And now it's unbelievable that they that, would not. That, yeah, right. that they would not right. be trying to fight their. And so you know, the point yeah. is that kind of masculinity, where the men are in charge, but they are looking out for the women, right? They know their role. That is beautiful masculinity. Mm. Tough, rugged. You know, it's a. They are going down with the ship. Yeah. You know, they're. You know, they got convictions, principles. And they're masculine men. And I don't know if this is necessarily the word that goes with masculinity, fierce, strong, but I'd say it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I like the word beautiful with it, along with fierce and strong and tough and gritty, you know, all those things. And so let's talk about male headship. So we like this definition from Ray Orland and all this stuff. We, I didn't, you know, we didn't, uh, come up with come up with it it's really all from ray orland pretty much and And you can get a lot of it from what's it called rediscovering biblical manhood and womanhood it's like a compilation of john piper wayne grudem uh ray orland and ray orland wrote this chapter and so yeah Yeah, yeah. but yeah um and so here's what ray orland here's how he defines male headship he says in the partnership of two spiritually equal human beings man and woman the man bears the primary responsibility to lead the partnership in a God-glorifying direction. Mm. So he's saying men are in charge. They bear the responsibility. They're the one that are they're, they're going to answer. They have the responsibility. And um, and their their responsibility is to lead the partnership 
in a God-glorifying direction. So two spiritually equal human beings, man has a responsibility to lead. Mm, yeah. And lead it, not just aimlessly, but in a God-glorifying direction. I'll stop you for a second. Go ahead. Because I think that right there, so far I'm like, oh, that is such a good picture. Like, it's so great. It's so wonderful. But I know in reality there is something in my heart that, like, I, when I see it, you know, and I hear it, I'm like, mm, yes, that's good. But, like, that's not the reality of what happens in my heart so often when I hear right. male headship. And so I guess I just want to stop for a second and say... We believe this theologically, but, but we don't practically. Yeah, we yeah, don't. We don't, we're not, we don't embody it. Yeah, we're perfectly. not great at this. That's we right. try. That's right. We are striving towards it, but we're not like the the model yeah. couple of this. And yeah, you know, that's the whole idea of reclaiming families. Is that mm-hmm. it's there is an ideal that we we are to strive for. Yeah, and we know the ideal, and we want to strive for it. And we will fall short. That's not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy would be saying, I do meet the ideal when I don't. And uh, so we want to strive for it. You know, there's plenty of failure. We can talk about that later. But <laughs> let's, so here's what I want to do right now. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Okay. I'm going to read off eight reasons from the Bible that, um, that Ray Orton, you know, uh, says, hey, this, this teaches male headship. Okay, I'm going to let my wife react to him, you know, and she'll, you know, she'll, she'll okay. whatever she says, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. We'll see. So it should be a lot of fun. And uh, are you reading them and then I react to each individual one or are yeah, you reading them we'll, all? Yeah, we'll go one by one, one okay. by one, talk about them. So um, here's the first one. Here's, here's, you know, one reason the Bible um, teaches male headship. <laughs> okay. You ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. God created man first. Pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple <laughs> i mean <laughs> hey you're the first of the party you're in charge yeah. yeah i do think that there is like and we'll probably get into this a little bit more but it's like i mean i don't we'll get into this more in the the women's like the order of that but yeah what do you think <laughs> god made man first yeah i think that <laughs> so, it's clear it's in the bible genesis yeah, yeah that's right it's not just it. in genesis but paul brings it up in uh in Timothy, right? First Timothy one thirteen. Maybe because he didn't think that it was good for man to be alone. To add to it a little bit, <laughs> add to the simplicity. Right, but it's just it's you know if the question is does the Bible teach male headship? Uh, one of the ways is subtle. Okay. One of the ways is subtle is that God made man first. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So far, so good. All right, here's number two. God named the human race mankind. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Well, I want you to get your reaction to it. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> and so um, he didn't name it womankind. He didn't name it uh, anything else. But he, he said, I have created man. And then after this man will be called mankind. Be like this man. Okay. Mankind. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm not sure that's the entire notion of it, but but that's the that's point number two is that the race of human beings is called mankind after Is that just like semantics though, or is that like an intentional thing? I guess that's my response to that is because it's like all men have fallen short or like there's a lot of times in God's word 
when it's like mankind, men. Yeah. But it's I, all inclusive of men and women. Right. Yeah. But I guess I'm curious, like, that's the did point. God come up with, and I mean, honest question, I do not know the answer. Is that like an English language thing or is that like a... Is that like what it is, mankind? Intentionally mm. called mankind? Yeah, it, it's a good question. Like, is it a language thing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the Hebrew right behind it. Ray Ortland, you know, he came up with. But, but here, <laughs> here's the point: is you just said is that, you know, it says all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's inclusive of men like, and women, right? Right. And so the point is that the word man, right, is all encompassing of men and women, right? So he's using this one term, mankind, to encompass. Everybody. Right. All right. So uh, so there's two reasons. God made man first. Mm-hmm. And then he the, the naming of the human race is mankind. All right. Here's number three. God gave the commands to Adam and not to Eve. As far as uh, what, you know, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what to not eat of. Hmm. Yeah. That one. I guess I've never really thought about it like that he told but he did he told adam but i kind of have always wondered like was and we don't really know but it's like i've always pictured it to be eve was right there with him i don't know if that was the case but either way it is like a adam he told adam and so it's kind of like adam's bearing the responsibility to um he's bearing the responsibility to kind of I don't want to say keep his wife in check, but yeah. Well, Eve wasn't even created yet. Okay. Yeah, according Fine. to Mary. So it's uh So maybe I haven't always pictured Eve there. Maybe I just pictured it in this sure. moment. Yeah, it's the idea that God gave the command to Adam and then Adam had the responsibility okay. to um lead Eve in God's commands. Yeah. That's the idea. Okay. And I see that. I see that. I can see that. All right, number four. Um. Well, let me back up. Number three, you know, God gave the command to Adam and not Eve. Right. right? Eve wasn't created yet. Okay. Adam had the command, and so we'll also see later. I think that you know, because Adam did not take the responsibility to lead Eve, he bears the consequence for it. So we'll see in the in the fall. Yeah. In the first fall. Good. So number four, um, that woman was made to be man's helper. I got some thoughts on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think for woman to be helper, and we'll talk about this a lot in the women's one, but the automatic like thought to that, I think a lot of times, and we, we mentioned this last week, is kind of that that's a, a negative thing to be the helper. Um, but I think that's where it's important to come back and say equal in value. Like the roles are both valuable um, so being the helpmate is a very valuable role. Um, like it can't completely like be a display of God's image without the helpmate in the same way that the Holy Spirit cannot completely be God or in the same way that God cannot be completely be God without the Holy Spirit because those words are the same word in the Hebrew. Yeah, I just think where you know where would the Christian for for the Christian where would we be without the role of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, 
You'd be blind and dead in your sins. You would actually, yeah, you would never be the believer. <laughs> you would never you... believe. That's right. And so without the helper, right, it's a, um, and so it is this great picture of the Trinity of this. Um, and that's why we're saying complementarianism is so good and beautiful is because it's this fuller picture of who God is. And so, but the point still remains as far as male headship. Um, we're not, not but anything, but the, the, the point is from Scripture that woman was made with the intention of being a helper to Adam. That's why God made Eve. I'll make a helper fit for him. Mm. And that is beautiful. We can see that Adam praises God for Eve. And, uh, and I praise God for my wife. And so, it's, you know, she's beautiful. So, um, and then, you know, like I said, it's not just in Genesis 1 but, or Genesis 2, but uh, Paul picks it up in 1 Corinthians um, 11. You know, this idea that uh, man wasn't made for woman, but woman was made for man. And so it kind of reiterates it. So it's not a one-and-done deal. Women were made to be the role of helper. True. True. All right, so five. Yeah. Here you go, right here. Adam named Eve. You want my response to that? Yeah, I want your response to it. Um, I guess normally like moms and dads name babies, not husbands naming wives. But I think the name of Eve, if you want my just like... Uh, see, I'm not sure where he's trying to get me to go with all these things. Yeah, it's not, no, we're just trying to see, um, but, trying to see what she says, what she thinks. Uh, the name Eve, isn't that like the mother of all living? And yeah, so I think right. that the name Eve is a very redemptive name because... Christ, the Christ, comes from her offspring, even though she, you know, sinned. That's not what he wanted me to say. His face shows it. No. <laughs> no, I was just got really, I was doing the what you shouldn't do and thinking about what I was going to say next. <laughs> but uh, um, I need to listen. I need to listen better. But, uh, but no, yeah. So, you know, I agree. I agree. <laughs> But I really like how my wife started to talk about, well, we named our child. And and I think that is a good way to think about it. Like, we have a baby girl that we named. We named her. Now, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, we own her in a sense of she's to always do what we say and be our slave. And It'd be nice if she and, always did what we said, though. Oh, man. Well, she she does pretty good right now. She she's still young. <laughs> we start to see a little defiance in her. You know, she wants to hold on to the car keys too long. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's this idea that but we do have responsibility to raise her, right? Right to bring her up in a um, moral, godly. Way. I know where he's going with this now. <laughs> he's talking about ruling and reigning together. Yeah, I'm talking about ruling and reigning together, but also at the same time, we, the parents, have the responsibility together. Together. With over, you as the head, me as the helper. Over Ellie. That's right. Over Ellie. Because uh-huh. we, she's she's been given to us for us to steward her, <laughs> and we named her. I still right. didn't know where he was going, I guess. So, yeah, the point is that when you name somebody, you're kind of in this position of responsibility over them, kind of authority over them, head over them. And so, you know, Adam, he names Eve. Eve is going to be named whatever Adam decides. 
Not because she's his slave, but because he is the head. Because he has authority. He's got authority. Okay. All right, number six. Um, when God comes in and Adam has eaten of the uh, fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, or the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yep. God holds the man accountable. My initial thoughts on that one. This is kind of funny. <laughs> um, my initial thoughts on that one are a scene from the the movie Leave It to Beaver when oh. the beaver screws up and the older brother Wally gets in trouble and Beaver says, "Man, I screw up and mom and dad get even madder at you." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but he was the older brother, right? Yeah, he yeah, had he responsibility was. to look out for. Him. And so that's uh, my initial thought. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, the curse of the fall, he says, you know, because you listen to the voice of your wife and you've eaten of the tree of the knowledge, or the, the eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. You know, curse is the ground because of you. Mm. And so, um, yeah, God holds Adam responsible. Yeah, I think another thing I always wonder, and I, I don't know if we'll talk about this some um, next week or not, probably not, but... I always wonder, like, where was Adam? Like, because I don't know if you're talking about this either, but just at the fall, men became very passive. And, like, I I always wonder, where was Adam? Like, was he standing right there and, and watched his wife get deceived? Did he, like, come up later and find out about it? I have this picture that they were right there together because, you know, she hands him the fruit and he eats of it. And so I think when, um, when God holds Adam accountable to it, I just wonder like, what was he doing in that moment? Was he standing by? Was he deceived by the serpent as well? Did his wife just kind of take lead? Cause that's sort of the, the fall yeah. twist. Um, you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And we're going to get to it. It's going to be, you know, the, the point after this one. But uh, so we'll, 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 you know, circle back around and come back to that point. Um, but number seven, one of the seventh reason that the Bible teaches male headship is that it was not until Adam ate that both of their eyes were opened, mm-hmm. that he was the, the, the pivoting factor in the fall. And so, it, you know, Eve did not become, you know, her eyes were not open the moment she ate the fruit. But it did hinge on the moment Adam ate the fruit. Yeah. And so I think what sticks out to me about that is last week we talked about that umbrella of safety of the head. And I'm not saying that, you know, their eyes wouldn't have become opened with if like if Eve's eyes wouldn't have become open, but I think it just makes sense is like he was meant to be her protector. Adam was meant to be like protect her and and that sort of stuff. And when he did not fulfill that role, both of their eyes were open. Like he did not, he did not act as that umbrella of protection over her that God had put him in that place. You know what I mean by the umbrella? Yeah, I do. I do. Or, you know, it's like, yeah, we're, yeah, I'm the head. And so if I make, you know, my wife uses the umbrella decision in, in investments. And so if I make investments that she thinks are uh, bad. bad or wrong, she's like, immoral. Well, I'm under the umbrella. And so, um, 
And so my wife doesn't like us investing in the S and P 500. Be, that can be another podcast discussion that, that sure for another time. That sure can be. And I, I see her point. I see her reason. And so I just look up the companies that are on the S and P 500 and you would never purposely invest in them. That's right. That's right. So, well, you might purposely invest in them, but not morally. But the point willingly. is my wife, my <laughs> wife puts she puts herself under the umbrella. She says, you go ahead no, well, I don't say you go ahead. I say I disagree with this, but I'm not like I'm you're going to be held accountable. That's right. That's the, that's the umbrella, and so, uh, and that's a serious. I mean, if you think about it, that is a serious position, right? That's the position of head, responsible. Um, and so I do like that analogy. It does break down a little bit, but uh, but it is a it's a pretty good analogy. So yeah. I, can I say something that's yeah. not about head, but just something else when their eyes are open? I just like cannot imagine. Think about if you've never felt shame before in your entire life. And then How all cool of a sudden, like, you, feel, you like, feel it for the first time. Like, man. you have that heart sinking feeling, that ear burning feeling. That's what they experienced. Yeah, I was just thinking on the way home today, like, just the feeling, like, when you sin and you feel the shame and the guilt, it is the worst feeling in the world to be like, I am a disaster, a wreck, or I have committed this grievous sin. And it just makes you want to put your head down between your you know, legs and cry. Hmm. And, uh, and it's like, you've done this act, and it is horrible, and there's guilt and shame. And um, yeah, Adam and Eve, they, they felt it for the first time. And Adam was responsible for them feeling it the first time, even though Eve was the one who was deceived, was the one who yep. took the bite. Adam was held responsible. Yeah. Why? Because he was the head. He was. Yeah. And so, all right. Um, I guess maybe there's nine reasons. I thought there was just eight, but uh, all right. So let's let's we say we're to circle back around. Number eight. There was a role reversal at the fall. So. Uh, this is not saying that women are never to make any decisions. <laughs> okay. You want my initial thoughts on that? Yeah, you got <laughs> no, I'm thoughts. just kidding. Okay. But the point is, is that, uh, or let me just, let me just, you know, I'll tell you what, why I think, you know, the Bible says that, you know, man is a head is because, um, Adam did not embrace his role as headship and Eve made the headship decisions. So, um, you know, Eve made the decision to eat of the fruit. Hmm. And Adam, he did not lead, but followed her leadership. And so, and like I said, you know, that can be really twisted pretty quick where men are never to follow women's leadership. And that would be, a, that'd be false. It'd be false. But the point here you is that... You said false that men would be never to follow women's leadership? I'm saying there are plenty of opportunities for women to lead and for men to right. okay. to follow their leadership. But in the responsibility category of... Um, and in the home and the church primarily. This is for the home and the church. Yeah, I would say in the home and the church, it's the most clear. Right. right? It's very clear. And so the point is in the home, in the church, that Adam has a responsibility to lead and to not follow... Eve's direction into eating this fruit of the knowledge of the tree of the good and evil. So Eve made the decision as kind of like the head, ate of the fruit, turned around. I think she, I think Adam was there and gave it to Adam 
almost in the sense of like, now you do it, right? Instead of instead of Adam leading his wife, his wife is leading Adam, and it leads to the fall of mankind. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> if you could see the way that he just turned around and said, what do you think? <laughs> Try to disagree with that. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I don't have any other thoughts on it. I do have a couple little thoughts that are kind of more unrelated to that. Um, but I actually just forgot them right as I was about to say them. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I said, I was going to say that like, although men are to be the head, um, I think it's important this was probably going back into like the cultural thing and maybe just something I'm sensitive to. But I think there's been quite a few times, especially working in ministry where I've had immature men come to me and tell me to submit to them. And you know, part I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to, because I think it's important. Like that while men are called to be head, that like women are only called to submit to their husband. Not like someone else's husband, not... I mean, as the body of Christ, we're called to submit to one another. Um, but I think that that's just an important thing to um, to take note of. I think that there's humility in submitting ourselves to one another. And that as a woman wanting men to, to learn to grow and lead, I can willingly place myself under male leadership. And I would say that when I see a man with good character, he could be... like This happened all the time working in ministry where... A man younger than me would come in and, you know, I would just be encouraged by his character and I could tell like he's trying to lead. Might like this might sound prideful, but I could even know at times he might not be as good of a leader as I am or be able to do the thing that he's trying to do as good as I can, not like just because of the difference of ministry experience, but I would willingly place myself under him because I wanted to see him learn and grow into a leader. But then there's also times whenever someone would tell me to submit to them and I'm like the staff person and they're like the 20 year old student. (laughs) And that always rubbed me wrong. You know, I had to learn to give grace because it happened more than once. Um, And they had the conversation go, I'm the man, you're the woman, (laughs) you should submit to me. Um, I remember one time we were out at the pool and in this ministry we worked for, there was like, a bed, like not a bedtime, but a curfew. And the staff were allowed to be out past the curfew. We kind of got everybody in. And one of the guys told me I needed to go into my room. And I was like, oh, really? I'm, I don't remember how I responded. I'm sure it wasn't well. Yeah, I think there, there's the rub right there. Like, you know, if I, I, I see all the time, right? That That is what's like, hey, you're a woman. I'm a man. I'm in charge, right? And then and the then, woman says, Back off, bucko. Back off, bucko. That's right. But that, that is the point where like, okay, that, there's where the the pride in the human heart really does kick in. And because there, there's, there, y'all, it's, it, I think on both sides, right? It's like, you know, from my wife's perspective, <laughs> I, I know she's saying, who are you? Right? Who are you? I could have grace. I don't have to do what he says, but I could have graciously explained what I was doing. That's right. And why it's appropriate for me to still be out. That's right. So how she reacted, right? There's there's different ways. But he could have. He could have voiced his concern and not told me what to do. That's right, and kind of submitted to (laughs) Hillary as you know, like 
the staff, right? <laughs> and so, so there is this, uh, you know, this submitting one to another. Anyways, uh, that's not, well, that is kind of what we were talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely, okay. yeah. And so, uh, all right, so uh, the last part of this, and, and we'll wrap it up, is is the curse of the fall itself. And so, um, you know, the curse of the fall is very serious. Yeah. Like, it's, I, it's the reason that we die today. It's the reason mm-hmm. that we, our bodies grow Let that old. sink in for a second in case you didn't. Yeah. Like, the it, reason that we die is, like, death is not natural. We always say, oh, it's a natural part of life. Death is the furthest thing from natural. We were created to live forever. Sin entered the world, and the curse happened, and now we grow old and we die. And it entered because of this failure to Adam to be the head and to lead. Yeah, let that put some weight on you, men. That's right. And so, and not just die, but, yeah, it says, like, by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. So it's this idea that life is going to be hard and you're going to have to strive to live, to survive. You're going to have to work hard and labor and toil. And you know what? At the end of all your toil, you're going to ultimately be defeated by the ground. Mm. Yeah, you're going to be... You know, you're not going to be able to eat. Your teeth are going to fall out. And you're not going to be able to strive anymore because your body's going to wear out and you're going to die. And that's all a result of the fall. All a result of the failure of Adam to be the head. And so the good news is, is that Christ is the second Adam. He's the head. (laughs) Yeah. Right? And so... uh, and so there is and he's redemption. he's a head that never fails. That's right. Didn't fail, right? And he is that perfect ideal that we as men are to live up to. Yeah. Right? He, to reclaim he, his image. That's good. Yeah. And he really does. He perfectly provides for, protects. What's the what? What's the role of the... Leads. Leads, provides for, and protects. Uh, yeah. He does that with his bride perfectly. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, he's a great king. So, uh, but also in the curse of the fall, there is this sense where um, there's now strife between men and women. Yeah. It says, um, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. So it's saying that, I believe what it's it's saying, and you can check it out, is that... um, Man's role is still to be the head of the home. He is still to rule and to be the head. But women's desire is going to be the head as well. Women are going to desire to be the head. And man has, is called to be the head. But is going to be, you know, I would say I'm, I'm tempted to be passive, right? To not take responsibility. And so there's going to be this striving, this conflict, and we see that conflict work itself out all day, every day. I mean, we can even see that in the church a lot of times or in ministries where it's like you look around and it's a lot of women leading things up because men do not step up and do it. And women are so yeah ready to. And I struggle back and forth where it's like, well, if there's not a man doing it, then... Yeah. Someone, you know, but I think that 
the and we'll talk about this more, but it's like that domineering spirit of a woman that is really twisted in it in the fall. Yeah, and I would say, you know, it's you know, there's bad on both sides. There's always sin on both sides. Um, but yeah, it's like you're saying the passivity is a sin on the man's side. I'm and saying then a passivity the is a sin on the man's side, but, but also women are like, there's no men, right? Instead of instead of well, bro- maybe instead of, they'd step up. That's right. Not to say it. That's right. But what I'm saying is, instead of supporting and helping men step up and lead. They would say, I'm in charge. I'm going to lead. Right? And so you have that dichotomy too. Fed so, up. I'm fed I'm up fed with up people. With so so there's all the, all that comes into play. And, and that's where we are. Like my wife and I, we fight. And this past week, you know, we've been just at each other. And she has been upset with me. And, and I haven't done anything wrong. No. It's oh, like, my gosh. So I've done plenty wrong. And, uh, you know, it's like I'm sinful. I There's plenty for me to repent of. Um, where I have not led my wife well, I do not lead my wife well, do not love my wife well. I'm not out to nurture her for her good. I'm selfish, and there's plenty of that to repent of. And so, um, because that's all ultimately not being masculine. And so, so yeah, that's our uh, that's a rundown from Genesis one. Thank you, Ray Orland. Uh, we would love to have you on the podcast. Yeah, if you're listening to this, hit us up. That's right. Slip into the DMs. Yeah, you're our you're on our goal to have on here, but we know that we probably need to have a few more people on here first. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so hey, maybe if we got I don't know 500 likes on Instagram, maybe we could get Ray Orton on here. I don't know. You know, or at maybe. least 500 followers. <laughs> We'll build this thing slow. All right. So thank you so much. We are glad that you had this discussion about manhood. Tune in next week and talk about womanhood. That's right. See y'all later. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.